This is episode 162 of the e-commerce Coffee Break podcast. Today I talk to Bryce Cressy and we discuss why entering new markets is the best thing for your business. So let's get right into it. But before we get started, a big thank you to our sponsors for supporting today's episode. Most e-commerce brands don't do anything to influence and grow word of mouth because they feel they have no control over it. Referrals Candy word of mouth marketing platform will help you to change that today. Launch a customer referral program and let your best customers refer a steady stream of new customers to you. And scale your social media presence with the world's first commission-only influencer marketing solution. E-commerce Coffee Break listeners get as much as up to three months free if you sign up now. Visit referralcandy.com slash coffeebreak to learn more. This is the e-commerce coffee break. A top-rated Shopify growth podcast dedicated to Shopify merchants and business owners looking to grow their online stores. Learn how to survive in the fast-changing e-commerce world with your host, Klaus Lauter, and get marketing advice you can't find on Google. Welcome welcome to the show. Hello and welcome to another episode of the e-commerce Coffee Break. Today we want to talk about a topic where I know very, very little about, and that's a good thing. We want to talk about how to enter new markets and why this is the best thing for your e-commerce business. So we're talking about internalization, about heading out to new countries, new markets with your brand. Therefore, I have Bryce Grassi on this show. He is one of the partnership manager of Z.co. And Z.co is a company that helps merchants with that. Bryce currently not only runs the partnership division there, but he also has a strong background in strategy and finance. And in addition to his professional pursuits, Bryce is a sports fan and loves to play a variety of sports in his free time. And he's also an avid lover of the African wilderness and enjoys spending time in the nature. So he's living as I do in South Africa, and I can fully understand that. So let's dive into the topic and welcome Bryce to the show. Hi, Bryce. How are you today? Klaus, I'm doing fantastic. Thanks. How are you? Bryce, a lot of brands are successful in their local markets, in their domestic markets, and then at some point they want to go international. And that is not as easy as one might think. So there's a lot of things that have to do with compliance involved, technical things, administrative things, and so on. I have never been through that process. So we need to really start from scratch. Coach me through as a brand that has the first idea of going international. What should be the first step for them and in which order should they proceed? There are tons of steps to the process of international expansion, but the very first one I'd say is ensuring that you actually know the market that you want to expand into. For instance, you're a US-based e-commerce seller. You've had fantastic success in your local market, but you're not quite sure how your products would fare in another market. The best thing to start with is the product research aspect. So understanding which market is best for your product. There's loads of different tools you can use. If it's an Amazon seller, we would use Jungle Scout or Helium 10 or Zombie. But there's loads of even marketing tools you can use to understand where you are getting interest from, in which country you are getting interest from your product. You can use an advertising tool such as SEMrush to understand where the visits are coming from, in which country for your brand. Because naturally, if you are an e-commerce brand and you're only selling in the US, most of your demand may be probably coming from the US, but you might not realize that you are getting a ton of loads of visitors from the UK, from Germany, who are interested in your product. It may not just be available in their countries as of yet. So I'd say product research is the first element you have to look at. And then assuming what market you want to get into, I would certainly recommend the next step is understanding what compliance restrictions there are in that new market for your product. What we are very well aware of and I think a common misconception 
for e-commerce brands is that their product, if it's trading, is compliant in their local market, that there won't have any problems going into a new market. Often, every country is different with its compliance requirements and will have to be treated as such. Let's say food supplements in the US is regulated by the FDA, but in the UK and the EU, it's regulated differently. You'll need a responsible person for UK and EU businesses. You'll need a food business operator. There's different compliance regulations and requirements that you need to think about when moving into a new country. And I guess the second thing to that is you've got your product compliance and you've got your entity and tax compliance that you need to think about. Naturally, there's a ton of things that come down the line, but some things that can take up to a couple of months to get sorted out. One of those being a VAT registration or a tax registration in a new country. If you're wanting to launch in Germany next month, for example, but you have no import numbers, you've got no VAT numbers, we can say your products are compliant, that's okay. But the fact that you don't have the import and VAT numbers, because you're not going to be able to comply with imports, your products and start selling those products in Germany as of yet, just because a VAT registration can't take anywhere up to three months to come through which could be three months of lost sales if you didn't know that that is something that you needed to get before the time. EORI number, that's a number, an EORI number in the UK and EU that is needed for import requirements. That can take anywhere from a week to two weeks to get. It's not that bad. But the VAT number, that is certainly something you need to think about. And then the import requirements, will I need an entity or will I not need an entity? As you can imagine, an entity setup can be quite complex. It can be quite admin intensive. It'll require you to pay salaries in that country, to have directors in that country. That can be quite a mission to handle. For certain marketplaces that they're trading on as an e-com brand, you may need an entity set up in that country. If you're trading through a web shop, if you're a Shopify seller, if you're an Amazon seller, if you are selling through big commerce or Magento, you won't need to set up an entity in the country that you're selling into. If you use an importer of record, or a merchant of record to get your goods into that country. Naturally, I would probably sway more towards the imports of record side, just because what we do at Z. But in a nutshell, for those listening who don't actually know what a record is, it is a legal entity that has physical presence in that country of imports that is liable for the imports, that is liable for payments of duties and taxes, that is liable for the audits that happen on imports and any injury that happens from use of the products in that country. So it is basically the person who's going to be responsible legally for those products without ever taking physical ownership of those products. In a nutshell, we've got the tax registrations that they need to think about, product compliance aspects, are my products compliant going into that new market? Is there a market demand for my product? What will I do from an entity perspective to be compliant for imports? Those four steps, if you've got those covered, then I'd say you are ready to enter into that market. Yeah, that shows already our listeners that this is not an easy process to go through. And I think a lot of people who did dropshipping from Alibaba, for instance, in the past, they think it's very easy because it was sent from a single item was sent from China to literally every country in the world. Now, with this process, what's a minimum volume that you need to think about before that really makes sense to go into a new market? Do you have any experiences on that from your merchants? I would say when testing out a new markets, our merchants and brands, they tend to send smaller shipments to test the demand because you can see demand from a numbers perspective. You can see a historical demand, but you won't really know the demand of your product without sending a test shipment. And usually that test shipment is around 100 units. We found import value anywhere from $1,500 to about $2,000, $3,000. That's a good test shipment. And then 
once you really start ramping up and you see the demand anywhere from regular, I would say every month or every two months, over $10,000 in import value. That is what we see most often from someone who's tested the market with the hunt, seen success, and now is really going for it. But naturally, it does depend on the demand element, how many units you're looking to sell in a month. But I'd certainly say around 100 should get you a good test of your demand in that market. So once you have tested the waters and you want to go ahead, and you said there's certain steps in there, depending which route you go, which will take weeks or even months to get them done and set up. Once you're in this process, what kind of timeline would you recommend for people really or for merchants really to start thinking about in a country? Now we talk about the volume, let's talk about the timelines. I would say depending on the country, at least three months in advance to start the process of starting your product compliance, start with your tax registrations, and then start finding a provider that you can use uh, to ship your products. Because all of the, once you've kind of got the product compliance, the import compliance, and then the shipping done, operationally able to get your goods into bad markets. But that can take around months. If you've already got your tax registration, then it's less than two weeks that you can get your goods into that new market. But I'd certainly say don't give yourself anything less than three months to at least from start of investigation into that new market. I'd say that's a good timeline. It does depend on the product that you are looking to sell because we've had some medical products that are going to be sold to the US take up until a year to get compliant with the FDA, which can be quite tricky, especially if you're wanting to start selling as soon as possible. So I'd certainly say depending on your product, I'd say about three months, but Listen, we've had longer, we've had shorter. Okay. What are the risks overall if you don't do it the right way? You can get your, your products stuck at the border easily. If you rush things, if you prepare customs documents incorrectly, if you don't have the correct labeling, if your packaging isn't marked correctly, especially in Germany, if you don't have EPR compliance, which EPR stands for Extended Producer Responsibility, that's green packaging. They're very, very heavy on that. If you're not VAT compliant, you can get fines from the tax authority, which naturally hurts your bottom line. Stuck shipments can cause loss of sales, which can, again, hurt your bottom line. Your products can get destroyed at customs, which again will hurt your bottom line, force you to restock the inventory. But then there's also the opportunity cost miss of not selling in that market or trying to. If your competitors get in three months before you, then that's possibly three months of lost sales in that market that you could have possibly gained that market share back. So from a risk perspective, it's a fine from a VAT perspective, it's stuck shipments, it's destroyed inventory and lost sales. And now a quick break to thank the sponsors of today's episode. The best e-commerce brands grow by word of mouth, period. But we know it feels like some mystical force in the background that you have no control over. So you're probably not doing anything to grow word of mouth for your brand right now. That changes today. Referrals Candy's word of mouth marketing platform will help you to be tactical in influencing and scaling word of mouth for your brand. Launch a customer referral program and let your best customers refer a steady stream of new customers to you. And scale your social media presence with the world's first commission-only influencer marketing solution. Zero upfront charges. E-commerce coffee break listeners get as much as up to three months free if you sign up now. Visit referralcandy.com slash coffeebreak to learn more. 
Yeah, I know personally of a Amazon seller that got 50,000 euros of goods destroyed because they were missing out on one document. So that was very painful for them. Now, we already can see that you need a team behind you unless you have the right people on board in your own company. So probably we're talking about lawyers, accountants and other professionals. And that's exactly where you guys help with. Give a bit of an overview What's your role in this whole process and how can you help Shopify merchants there? We function in a way that we take over their trade and expansion for the merchants. So we'll handle everything from warehouse to warehouse, picking up at their manufacturing hub, as well as working with the best 3PL partners around the world to get their goods from their supplier to the end 3PL that will be fulfilling their orders around them. So we handle that process by organizing their freight and organizing the shipments for them. So we'll physically move their goods. We'll get the products compliant. We have a team of attorneys that are very knowledgeable about the in-country product compliance laws and regulations that are needed in order to sell compliantly into that market. They will work with you as a consultant to your business to make sure that all your labels are correct, to make sure you have the correct markings, to make sure that you have the correct representation in that country. Just on an entirety, making sure your products are ready to go in that market. Then when the goods get to the border, we will pay the duties and taxes on your behalf. We will do the customs clearance. We will provide support for any stuck shipments that are, if they hadn't used us from the start, which is again not what I recommend. And we will physically, once it's cleared customs, we will act as that final mile delivery to the 3PL. And naturally, we're, we allow Shopify merchants to start selling in a new market because we act as the importer of record. So we are legally held liable for everything that happens with the important customs clearance without physically taking ownership of the goods. So we give the Shopify merchant the ability to trade into a new market without having physical presence in that market and without having to go through the admin of paying salaries, of setting up entities, with having a distributor or selling B2B, which is then again, losing their margins. So we really give them the ability to attack that D2C market with the best margins, with the all-in-one seamless solution to get their goods into that market. We don't do the product research. We can support we've got partners for that as well, but we do everything else from admin. We really do the stuff that no one else really wants to do. The non-sexy side of selling D2C is certainly what we specialize in. Okay, talking about warehouses, that's always a topic for itself, basically. A lot of people use Amazon warehouses and other people just find a supplier in the country. Do you help with both of them and what are the pros and cons? We work with numerous different 3PL partners. So we work with 3PLs that only do D2C fulfillment, so only will fulfill directly to end consumer. We work with 3PL providers that prepare, pick and pack the goods for Amazon FBA centers. Those FBA prep providers are those that store bulk inventory just because of poor Amazon stock limits these days and then drip feed Amazon whenever new inventory is needed. And then we can deliver to Amazon FBA centers around the world. I'd say the pros with Amazon FBA is that it's handled all for you. It links seamlessly. All you need to do is get the goods to Amazon and they'll do everything. They'll deal with returns. They will deal with fulfillment. So that is really one of the benefits, especially because with, if you sign up for the, the pan EU package for FBA, it means that Amazon can move goods around Europe, which I mean, there are VAT complications that come with that. But from a convenience perspective, it is allowing those customers in the EU to get local fulfillment, which is fantastic for customer experience and in the end for reviews for 
an Amazon seller, for a Shopify merchant, PLs. The pros is customization that you can get from your packaging, from your performance. Sometimes they can be a bit pricier, but then again, with Amazon's rising fees, it's soon going to be very much the same. But what you're getting with 3PL is you're certainly getting a lot more customization. You're getting more ownership for that performance and more control over that performance, as well as, I'd certainly say, more niche use to get into from a country perspective because Amazon FBA is not available everywhere. It's dependent on what the brand is looking for. Yeah, Amazon is getting more expensive. I just saw that they have increased their prices and it's like 50% of your margin goes to Amazon if you use all of their services. Now at Z.co, which countries do you serve? Is it globally or are there specific main markets that you're active in? From a VAT perspective, we are active in, I'd say, about 60 countries around the world. We can get VAT registrations and do VAT compliance and VAT filing. From a full-scale import perspective, we are active in Mexico, in the United States, in Canada, in the UK, throughout the EU, in the UAE, Japan, Australia, Singapore, South Africa, a few more to be coming soon, but those are the major markets at this stage. It should be most major e-commerce marketplaces we're able to import into. It's the top 20 around the globe we can certainly help with. On the pricing side of things, obviously it's not for free because you have a lot of experts involved in this whole process. Give me a bit of an idea. What's the pricing structure? What can emergents expect when they get started? We've got two services. The first service is the import compliance service, and that is the freights, the customs clearance, and the importer of record. That is charged on a per shipment basis. Shopify merchants will be able to create their own shipment and quote themselves using our technology. And that is generally a fixed fee per shipment of $250 plus a percentage depending on the country ranges from 1% to 5% of the import value. And that is for per shipment basis. And it's regardless of how big your shipment is. So we do cater to the premium experienced Shopify and Amazon merchants out there. Our pricing is relating to that type of target clientele that we work with. So it could be 100 unit shipments might be a little bit pricey on the margin side. But when we have our merchants shipping hundreds of thousands of units on a monthly basis, it's very affordable. And for a per unit, it's probably not even 1% of the margin. And then our other service, which is the trade compliance, that is getting you ready to trade into other countries. That is the VAT compliance and the product compliance. And that is a monthly subscription service that they would sign up for. And that is all inclusive between $150 to $700 a month, depending on the nature of services required. Depending on the complexity of the product, naturally, if you're selling clothes into a new market, there's very little compliance there and we'll price as such. But if you're selling medical devices or ointments or creams, which have seriously high product compliance standards to adhere to, that is a little bit more expensive just because you're taking up more of our product compliance team attorneys' time on a daily basis. Okay. So if somebody's approaching you, what's the kind of the onboarding process? What are the steps before you can really get started with helping the merchants? The general process is they will come to us for assistance, either from a VAT perspective or a customs perspective. We will, at step one, jump on a call with them to understand what their actual requirements are. What country are they looking to go into? What do they currently have on record? Uh, what research have they done? And what documents do they already have? Then we see, okay, you want to go into this market. This is what you're going to need. This is how much it's going to cost for our services. This is what we can do. These are the timelines we can get you there. That is more of a consultation period. Once all of that is agreed, once they know what country they want to get into, they're happy with our pricing, they're happy with the requirements, they've got the correct documentation required to expand 
Then we go into an onboarding phase, which is when our account management team really jumps on a call with them to understand their business, get to know them, and really plug in all the gaps, not only from the services that we provide, but also the services that our partners provide, something that they may not have thought about in advertising, driving traffic to their store from a funding perspective, from a product sourcing perspective, so something that you are skilled in yourself, Klaus. So we will understand and problem solve for every aspect of their business. And then once that is done, we create the final shipment for them. And once they're happy with that, then our freight providers pick their goods up, get their goods to the customers. We get notifications throughout the process. They'll be able to track their shipment on our app. Once it is dropped off at the warehouse, it's out of our hands. And then the next step would be the VAT returns and the VAT filing process, which is usually done on a monthly or quarterly basis, depending on the country. But it's minimal touch points along the way. We do not bombard them because it is a managed service. Touch points that we make with merchant is as infrequent as possible because we understand that a merchant is really doing a million things at once. If we can do everything ourselves, we do, but they are always handheld through the process. They always know what's going on. From an onboarding perspective, it's basically getting to know the customer and entrenching ourselves as part of their business. Makes perfect sense. From my experience of 20 plus years as entrepreneur, I only can say find an expert in doing that. Don't try it on your own. As I said, the implications, if you're doing it wrong, can be very costly. So where can people find out more about Z? They're welcome to run through it to our website, which is www.z.co. Z spelled Z-E-E.co. They're also welcome to find me on LinkedIn, Bryce Cressy, B-R-Y-C-E-C-R-E-S-S-Y, or email me further at bryce-c at z.co. That's B-R-Y-C-E-C at z.co. They should find everything that they need. Excellent. I will put the links in the show notes as always, then you just one click away. Bryce, thanks so much for giving us an overview of the complicated compliance process of opening a new market. It's worth looking into it a little bit deeper for every merchant and get in contact with you and then start selling somewhere abroad and not trying it on their own. Thanks so much for your time. Thanks, Lars. Appreciate it. Before you leave, don't forget to visit the sponsor of today's episode. Most e-commerce brands don't do anything to influence and grow word of mouth because they feel they have no control over it. Referrals Candy word of mouth marketing platform will help you to change that today. Launch a customer referral program and let your best customers refer a steady stream of new customers to you. And scale your social media presence with the world's first commission-only influencer marketing solution. E-commerce Coffee Break listeners get as much as up to three months free if you sign up now. Visit referralcandy.com slash coffeebreak to learn more. And that's a wrap for this episode. I hope you found today's episode informative and actionable. As a reminder, we have a growing community of e-commerce professionals where you can share your insights, ask questions and learn from other merchants. If you're interested in joining, please visit our website at ecommercecoffeebreak.com and sign up for the community. And don't forget to subscribe, rate and review our podcast to stay updated on the latest marketing trends and strategies for Shopify e-commerce merchants. See you next time.